Yeah, um, the uh, carbon footprint calculations are, I mean, there's, there, there are a few things coming together here, I guess. You've got the, the carbon footprint calculations for both the paw print, the challenges, the actions, the habits, etc. Um, you've then got the behavioural change elements. So how can you prompt users in a way that doesn't annoy them and that, that, that does encourage behavioural change? And the, the gamification elements, you, know, you, you earn paw points and, and, and badges. Uh, how do those motivate people as well? So there's, there's, I guess there's um, quite a, a simple user interface, but I think the simplicity of use belies what is quite a, a very skillfully architected uh, system. Welcome back to How I Built This, uh, the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of Scottish-based tech companies. As always, we're brought to you by Cathcart Associates, technology recruitment experts, uh, headquarters in Edinburgh. So thanks to them. Today on the show, I'm delighted to be speaking to Christian Arno, uh, the founder and CEO of Pawprint, a global movement of people uh, who want to understand their carbon footprint uh, or indeed their pawprint. So welcome to the show, Christian. Thank you, Liam. Great to be here. Thanks for coming on. So a very quick background before we jump into all things Pawprint. You've been running a tech stroke translation company for a number of years, right? So Lingo24 in Scotland. That's right, yeah. yeah. So you got a background in languages, and then when you finished that, did you just see a gap in the market? Like, How did that come about? Yes, yeah, so I studied languages at uni, um, set up the translation business, ran it and grew it internationally for um, a- about 18 years, and then moved into a non-exec role. And I guess through that process, I'd, I'd always had this lingering concern that, you know, I could build a, a good translation business, one that was 10% better than the next person's, but would, would I want that on my gravestone? And I'd fallen out with my best mate at the age of 19 over how to change the world. I thought you could do it through business. I still believe, you know, he, he, he thought we needed a revolution. Um, so I guess I'm now, um, you know, trying to, still trying to win that bet with, with the new startup. So. Nice. Uh, we actually just had all of our um, legal terms translated into Finnish and spent ages looking for companies to do it. If only I'd done some research for this podcast before I did. Um, so let's jump back then about 18 months, I think. So kind of summer 2019, you co-founded Pawprint. I suppose for people listening who maybe haven't heard of you guys or have just seen some of the things on social media, um, what was kind of the, the genesis of the idea and also what is what is the company all about? Uh, so I guess it came from personal frustration, you know, wanting to be a bit more eco and not knowing, you know, what was what was right for me. And um, so there's a lot in the media about recycling and plastic and all of that. But there are other things that we can all do. And in reading um, the book by Mike Berners-Lee, How Bad Are Bananas? I guess I, I started to understand some of the, um, the the nuances. And I thought how great it would be if everybody you know, in the whole world had access to that information in a way that was digestible to them and, and you know, dare I say it, fun in terms of how it was delivered. So Yeah, I think uh, something I was going to mention actually, like straight after was, it's obviously important. Everybody knows it is. Like carbon footprint is such a big topic. Um, a lot of people talk about it, but you mainly see it kind of like in the press with like celebrities or like big corporates and everyone kind of seems to shift the like responsibility a little bit, like, oh, that's government's problem, that's big big corporations problem but you guys look very much kind of individual level and, and like you said try and make it a little bit more like like digestible people like how, how do they how can you make it easy for them to understand right that's right yeah yeah i think i think um you know we don't want to sort of put the blame on on individuals far from it what we want to do is is sort of take the anxiety that many of us feel about climate change 
and 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 I guess give individuals the power to do something about it at home, at work, and in other environments as well. So that one of the features within our business product is we're calling it eyes and ears. And the idea there is that anyone at any level in a business can suggest things they think the business should do to be more eco and then get a response from the company on why those aren't being done yet or when they are being done. Um, and so you can sort of, within companies, galvanize a movement to to make the transition that we all know, I think, need, need, need to be made. Um, yeah. Nice. And have you had any examples from companies where like someone's had an idea and it's just been like a bit of a light bulb moment or like something super obvious that people just hadn't thought of, but because of the product, you've been able to kind of make a change? No, I mean that that function isn't actually live yet, Liam. We've just oh, um, nice. rolled out the um, the the tool with with Brewdog, um, and and they've used it for the purposes of double offsetting the carbon footprint of their people and the, their people's dogs as a as a company perk. That's what they've nice. done. Um, we're working with Standard Life Aberdeen. Uh, a major focus for them is um, understanding the impact of working from home on their overall carbon footprint. Um, but we're at a really early stage, and we're you know, just starting now to engage with lots of businesses on how this can help them address the various different challenges they've got. Nice. And it's like for Standard Life Aberdeen, is that like looking at stuff if they had X amount of employees and they do a survey and a percentage of them were getting a bus in every day or they were driving in every day? Like, Is, it, is that how they can kind of start piecing together a little bit about that effect? Yeah, that's the sort of thing that would, would impact on it. Um, but I mean, all, like your working from home setups important too. how many monitors you have, how you power your home. All, all of these things now are part of your company's carbon footprint and, and they're going to have an interest in supporting you to be more eco. So hopefully we can do that in a way that, um, you know, is, is good, good for you as an individual, good for the company and, and good for the planet. Nice. Yeah, I've seen some of these home setups uh, on like Twitter and LinkedIn where they've got just the most ridiculous amount of kit set up in a room. Um, it, it's crazy. Like I've done seven or eight months with, with like a laptop and it's been all right. Um, <laughs> no, that's really cool. And I mean, I used to travel all the time for work and now don't. So I'd be really interested to see like when things get back to whatever normal might look like. It just kind of like you start, you will start thinking about it more, I think. I think everybody will. So no, it's really interesting. Um, and is there kind of actions on the product that individuals can, can can they do things based on the information that you are giving them or is it more just kind of giving them an idea of what they can change yeah yeah so in the current product um we've got challenges so once you've filled out your paw print we we've got a good sense of of where your opportunities for paw print reduction might come from and you can filter based on other lifestyle goals you might have whether that's saving money or being healthier and you can also filter by the different buckets. So uh, what we're calling toe prints. So um, your diet, home, how you travel and all that sort of stuff. Um, but in future, in fact, in the very near future, you'll be able to log the different actions and habits, that uh, the actions you take once they're established, make them habits. And you'll be able to work on these things, um, you know, in groups as well, whether that's the football team you support or, or um or your employer or your you know your your local street or old uni pals or whatever so nice um yeah i've got something on football later actually but let's go back to the company so um when you started it did you always think this is only going to work if i build like an in-house team of experts so whether that's technical marketing sales like you wanted to build that out and be um is it fair to say like a scottish-based team 
Yeah, um, there's one, one, a couple of guys uh, in in England, um, but it's a predominantly Scottish based team. Um, yeah, to your question, um, we the initial build was done by uh, an agency, um, but we knew that we wanted ultimately, and that was partly done um, for speed. Um, but we knew that we wanted to to build a team to have control of it, focus it, and um, you know, with this business, I I I don't want to mess about with um, under-resourcing the team so we want to get high caliber people on board who are focused and committed and can give us the best chance of having real impact on climate change so um yeah we felt we, we need need people in house to achieve that nice and how it's, it's an interesting question for you actually because you've done it before so like you grew a team at lingo um you scaled that business and, uh, and did really well so was it a little bit less daunting doing it again or is it more so because you're trying to make it succeed again? That's a really good good question. I think it's it's a it's a sort of both. <laughs> um, I, I made mistakes in the past in terms of recruiting people at, at, at too junior a level for the ambition that I had for the business, and this time we've recruited people who are experienced and who can um, get us there. I think in terms of whether it's daunting. Um, my ambition for this business is, is huge. I want to build a really big business that, that has impacts. And also it's a climate emergency about which, you know, I am personally, you know, scared. I'm concerned. And and given those two things, I've put a lot of pressure on myself to to do to with a big project here. It's not um, you know, it, because of the level of ambition and because of those factors. So it, although some elements of it are a lot less daunting because I've done them in the past and because I've got a bit of a track record, the overriding things that have you know emotional impact on me are, are definitely making it quite daunting. But it's a it's a challenge that I want, and it, and it's a challenge that's incredibly motivating for for me. And people really respond well to this business; they want it to succeed. They're willing you on from the sidelines. Yeah, no, we're going to get to the the crowdfunding thing in a second because that's an amazing story. But um, is there any top tips that you can think of, uh, given that I've just sprung this question up on you? But if there's any like startup founders or anyone who's kind of looking at that initial growth, like, is there anything that you'd say to them to kind of really help them on their way? I think the uh, the team is is so critical. So getting the very best people you can around you, you know, even if those people are part time because you can't afford to have them full time, I think the caliber of people is 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 really important. Um, and then if you're able to articulate against the UN's Sustainable Development Goals, why your uh, company needs to exist to address them to make the world a better place, you know, against one of them. I think that will, you know, put you on steroids. Effectively, that will that will help because uh, people are wanting more and more businesses that they can believe in. Um, nice, I know that's great advice. And I think the part time thing is a is a really good lesson for early stage people because, like, you can get some great talent who juggle roles with different companies. Like, you sh- people shouldn't knock that. Like that that could be really valuable. So let's jump on to raising money. I think I'm right in saying, please do correct me if I'm wrong, but is the crowdfunding the main route that Popperant have went down? Is that how you've went about kind of fundraising for the company? Sort of. Um, Angel Investment's been the, the main route. So the first thing, I had a chat with a, a guy I knew who was an investor in Fanduel. I was introduced to him by um, Nigel Eccles, and I've known him for many years now. I was having a chat with him, and um, I had this idea, and I said, you know, 
the the elephant in the room is that at the, at the point when I'm ready for investment, I'd love you to be in. And he said, yeah, I'm in. And I was like, what? I've not, you know, there's no revenue model. There's no business plan. Like there's no team. I'm not even working full time on it yet. And he was like, I know, but you know, the concept is great. I know you should be all right type thing. And, and from there, things sort of snowballed. And I got to about 50 angel investors investing anywhere between five grand and 50 grand. Um, and that was that was last year. We then took um, the business crowdfunding, as you know, uh, yeah. earlier this year, just around lockdown and, and had a, a really good response in terms of the number of people signing up over over a thousand people put in anywhere from a tenner to, to 15 grand. And then this time we went back to some of our existing investors, others who we'd been speaking to but hadn't committed by that point, um, like Gareth from Skyscanner, um, decided that they were ready to commit and um, and we're doing crowdfunding concurrently. So the crowdfunding as we speak now is still open. We'll be open until Wednesday night and we've got a few bigger investors coming in. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think by the time we post this, it will kind of tie off with the either just as it finishes or uh, the last couple of hours. So that'd be quite good. Is the benefit of that model, so doing the kind of two crowdfunding raises, is the benefit of that you just get to spread investment across a lot of different people and it's more accessible to people as well? So, for example, a couple of the guys on our team, like, put a little bit of money in. So, like, is that is that the whole point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I invested early in the first round of BrewDog and it wasn't a huge amount of money, but it, it that... Um, you know, mentally meant that I was willing to forgive things that I didn't like about what they were doing and evangelize about all the great things they were doing. And we want people on board in that, in that same way. Um, I think also, you know, the many of the people who've invested are working in businesses who Popprint would like to work with. And so having a, that warm introduction into those businesses uh, is, is really useful. Um, plus the the criticism we get so we have people on our uh, forum who will be critical of things we do and i think rather than getting depressed by that that's a huge positive because it shows that people are committed to the mission and that they're doing their bit they're, they're willing to do a lot of work unpaid to to, to help you get there so I, i'm a big fan of crowdfunding yeah, I think when it works well, it's it's pretty incredible. And like you mentioned, you've you've got Gareth, who's one of the founders of Skyscanner, James Watt from Brewdog. You mentioned them as well, and it must be pretty nice, even just from like a, I don't know, validation is the right word, but like it must be pretty cool to have people of that stature who believe in what you're building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 two of the most exciting and inspirational founders in the in the British business scene. They are very different characters, but I, I have lots to learn from them. And and as you say, the the validation of the the concept we have um, is, is 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 undoubted, really, given the number of really bright folk who are who are putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. And it keeps that kind of Scottish theme going as well, doesn't it? Like someone that helps set up Skyscanner, someone that's running one of the most successful beer companies in the world, like from Scotland and indeed from kind of like Aberdeenshire. It's uh, it's pretty cool. We've mentioned the fact that individuals can use it and then tie it up with their organizations. You mentioned having a partnership with Aberdeen Standards. Uh, Brewdog, Peter Vardy, I think, just got announced today or yesterday. Um, how does how does that kind of partnership work? Is that like is that part of their corporate social responsibility, like overall approach? They can have Popprint as something that they're invested in and ask the team to suggest ways of improvement. Is that how you see that running? 
if companies are looking to get involved or if they've maybe heard of it, like, uh, why would they? Why would they? Yeah, it's a good question. So I guess at, at, at its core, Pawprint allows people to, sorry, companies to engage their colleagues on sustainability to help them understand what makes a difference, to feel that they can do something and to actually do something. And so businesses are under pressure from their investors, from their customers and from their employees to do those things. And this is a solution to that to that that problem. In terms of the Pioneers program, I think what it allows these businesses to do is help shape it so that it so that it is aligned with their corporate objectives and what they want to build as a culture in the organization. And there are definitely some PR um, benefits to it, but I think it's more about the practical application within their business and to address real problems that they have. Yeah, no, 100%. And would the plan be that like once the pioneers have really like done some interest in work and proof of concepts and all that kind of stuff, that, that then becomes a lot easier for you to speak to other businesses, right? You can say like, listen, this is what we did at BrewDog, for example, and you could do something very similar and have this impact on the world. Like that's, it's got a powerful sales pitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, you know, J- James Watt is one of the most inspirational figures when it comes to speaking about sustainability and business he is inspiring lots of our other customers there's no no doubt about it and part of the attraction of being part of the pioneers program uh, to to these businesses is being able to share best practice with others so we'll be organizing them into small groups to share their ideas and their you know their their stories good and bad um, and from next you know from now businesses can sign up and pre-commit and from next year, we'll be rolling it out broadly and hoping that it becomes a, a near universal tool for businesses to, you know, really um, get get going on the topic. Nice. And that's the kind of beauty of the, the subject matter, right? It can th- This can be applied to any company anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And the businesses at the moment are, you know, we've got one in, 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 in brewing and hospitality. We've got one in financial services. We've got another in automotive. The one I can't talk about yet is in pharma. Uh, we've got one in retail. Like it, it's, it, it matters to everyone. And, and we, we want to work with businesses with very different demographics so that we can make sure that we make it engaging for as many people as possible and, and deliver on our promises about impact. And I promised we talk about football at some point. So you also became the first ever sleeve sponsor for Hearts. And that matters because I'm a Hearts fan, which is pretty cool. Um, so a great choice for you guys to work with them. I think I'm right saying you're an Aberdeen fan, right? So how did Hearts come about? Oh, that was through... Um, so one of the great things about having a wide shareholder base is that they have connections, you know, in, in all all different worlds. So they were even happy to tolerate an Aberdeen fan uh, because of those those connections they're, they're trying to they're trying to convert me of course um and so hearts is definitely my second favorite team now liam but um, it, won't, it won't take long you'll be you'll come round. <laughs> and if you ever if you ever need somebody to tag along to like the sponsors table or whatever like don't worry i'll, I'll be there no it looks cool actually there was do you know why i found out about it um i think hearts had maybe tweeted about it but i was on one of the forums and uh it just said like one of the titles was paw print and I was like, why are they talking about pop print? I was like, that's really weird. Uh, and then I saw like the news about it. And it was really cool. And uh, I've noticed that on TV a couple of times as well, which must be quite nice for you guys as well, seeing like the logo on telly. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, if, if you're a football fan, seeing your you know your company on, on a football strip is sort of a, 
it's sort of a you know one of these bucket list things, isn't it? Um, and Hearts have been absolutely amazing. I have to say, uh, Anne Park and Callum Paul there, in terms of supporting, getting their message across. We were on the telly with them recently. Uh, we're looking at putting something on the menu to help people make um, better decisions. Um, they're looking at getting the players involved. Um, it, it, the 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 management team at Hearts are very focused on building. A, a club for good and 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 uh, working hard with the community so um i'm i'm, I'm impressed um yes it's actually a weird, it's a weird criticism of like the leadership of hearts is that they focus too much on the community aspect and not enough on the pitch but like it's like obviously it's total nonsense but you can do both like i don't yeah. think i don't know why there's such a like a reticence when it's going badly that we should just stop suddenly doing all these nice things but also it's cool that you've got it with a football team in scotland and you can do that you can replicate that again and again. I'm sure, like it's it's pretty, it's it's really inspiring to get football teams involved because that'll obviously get eyeballs that maybe you wouldn't have got otherwise, right? I think you're absolutely right on that. And and this, um, we you know we want to get people in the public eye involved, and and you know you wouldn't necessarily associate uh, in any football club in particular with being uh, eco warriors. There there are Forest Green Rovers in England are doing a, a cracking job on, on that. Yeah. They are, you know, they're an exception and they're a relatively small club so you know a club with hearts reach uh getting on board is is great uh, i think we need to do more to raise the profile as well you know working with celebs maybe they'll publish their paw prints and their and their tips and and really bring um bring sort of climate action in a democratized way to as as broad an audience as we can get it to yeah there's definitely some like real like examples of people in the public eye that that are stepping up big time with this stuff like it's no i think even a couple of years ago people probably weren't as switched on but i think i on i do think it's changing which which is good and something like this can only help um given that we're on a broadly speaking a kind of technology focused slash scottish business podcast where does the kind of technology come into it then so you're building the product you're building an app right is there anything else kind of in the background that's, that's pretty clever and cool from a technology point of view yeah, um, the uh, carbon footprint calculations are, I mean, there's, there, there are a few things coming together here, I guess. You've got the, the carbon footprint calculations for both the paw print, the challenges, the actions, the habits, etc. Um, you've then got the behavioral change elements. So how, how can you prompt users in a way that doesn't annoy them and that, but that does encourage behavioral change? And the, the gamification elements, you, know, you, you earn paw points and, and, and badges. Uh, how, how do those motivate people as well? So there's, there's, I guess there's um, quite a, a simple user interface, but I think the simplicity of use belies what is quite a, a very skillfully architected uh, system. So yeah, yeah, no, nice. Actually, I think the simplicity thing is the hardest thing to get right. I saw um, someone was ranting on LinkedIn yesterday that Apple's new like end accept holds when someone else phones you while you're on the phone is like a UX designer's nightmare. And someone replied saying like, yeah, it should be much simpler than this. So yeah, if you've managed to nail a simple user interface while having it really complex in the back, I think someone's doing their job well. Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a great tech team, a great designer on board as well. I mean, I, th- I don't think we're done there yet. Our user experience can be simplified more. Uh, we want to allow also people to, you know, there's, there's a lot of inputting of data that needs to happen and we want that to be seamless in future with integrations with systems people are already using um, so more to come on making it a really easy experience uh, for people nice i suppose kind of last couple of points um what do you reckon 2021 looks like for 
pop print like what would kind of be the main goals of that year like if we were to get you back on in kind of summertime or this time next year like what do you think we'd be talking about in, in an ideal world i think i'd like to be telling you what what are the things that have really engaged people uh, within the application what are the how have we solved that problem of ongoing engagement um, I'd like to be talking about the range of different companies we're working with and how we've, you know, grown revenue very quickly and um, and and made it work in very different companies. That's where you know, and and I'd like to be talking to you about the impact we've achieved. So, how many people are using it? What the carbon dioxide equivalent reduction has been? Um, and and a lot of the, I think also a lot of the sort of human stories around the way people are working with it, because I think that really brings it to life as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's a good point you made a second ago. So is one of the challenges going to be like, you'll get a few, like a few individuals using Pawprint, but you want to keep them using it forever, essentially. So it's like, is it the challenge to say like, Pawprint just becomes one of those apps on your phone, like a WhatsApp, like a um, like mobile banking app, like it's just a normal thing for them to use all the time. That's the ambition. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're looking at things that, so at the moment, the, the sorry, very soon, People will be able to see what their they'll be able to set a target for what their daily carbon footprint should be, and they'll be able to see whether they're up or down and, and what's going to make a difference on that. So if we can get that level of engagement, that would be a fantastic thing. Um, it's going to be challenging because obviously lots of things are competing for people's attention, and you know what's in it for people, what's going to motivate people. Uh, we've got some ideas, but we've we've got to prove that. So if I could sit, if I could come back in a year's time, Liam, and, and like say I've nailed that, you know. Um, I'd be delighted. That'd be amazing. And then I will post this on uh, the like the post when we get the podcast up. But where um, where can people find the crowdfunding links? I think you'll still be live when we post it on Wednesday morning. Yes, yeah, so it's at crowdcube.com slash pawprint. Um, or people can find things on uh, our website, pawprint.eco as well. Nice. Well, thank you very much for joining. Thanks for making it happen at short notice as well. Excited, excited to see what happens and uh, we'll keep an eye on the crowdfunding and uh, we'll get you back on next year and see how it's all going. Thanks, Liam. No, I really appreciate the, uh, the interest and your support.